Welcome to Just a Thought with your host, Mark Short. I'm Mark Short, and this is Just a Thought. Well, I want to welcome you today. We're well into October, and uh, this last week, October 15th, actually, marked a, a spiritual milestone for me, I guess. On October the 15th, 1972, I walked down an aisle at Full Gospel Chapel on South Hillside in Wichita, Kansas, on a Sunday morning, the end of a week-long revival, of which I'd never been to revival ever before, let alone a week-long revival where I was there every night. And the evangelists that spoke for us that day were David and Betty Solstrand. They were pastoring in Periton, Texas at Calvary Temple, which kind of has some significance also. But they were just young pastors, and uh, Brother Calvin Springer, who was my pastor in Wichita, invited them to come and hold a revival, a week-long revival, which they used to do that back in the day. You know, I'd heard the Bible preached before, and there was no better preacher probably than Calvin Springer was. And I loved hearing him preach, although I didn't really understand a lot of it because I was not spiritually discerning because I was not saved. But on that Sunday morning, October 15th, 1972, at the end of the service, our evangelist David Solstrand gave an uh, invitation that was there anybody there here that doesn't know the Lord? You're not saved. You'd like to have a relationship with him. If so, raise your hand. And I don't know what compelled me, but but I raised my hand. And as I said, I'd, I'd heard the gospel preached before, but I never had heard God before. That week and that morning in particular, I heard God for the first time. And what he was compelling me to do caused me to raise my hand. And then when the evangelist followed that up, if you raised your hand, would you come to one of these altars up front and let us pray with you? And man, I, could, I beat a path so quick, it was a blur. I couldn't get to the altar quick enough and I poured my heart out to God, my relationship with Him began. And that was 48 years ago. It's hard to believe. Uh, 48 years ago. Man. But anyway, so every October, I, I think back as to how my relationship with God began, where it's been, what it's evolved into, how much further, even after all these years, I still have to go. If you ever think you've fully reached the apex of your growth in God and your relationship with God, in some ways, you may not even have begun. I don't care how long you've you've been at it. The longer I'm at it, the, I, I've pastored now for f- over 40-something years. And I feel like some ways I know less now than I knew when I first started. Now, I know that's not true, but I feel that way. And so I keep pressing. I keep pressing in. I keep seeking God for more. All of that leads me to the thought I want to share this week. And and I'd like to take the time, if you'd allow me, I don't do this often, but I want to read a story from the book of John, John the fifth chapter, in fact, the first verse through the ninth, that tells a story of a healing that took place at the pool of Bethesda. And the, the, the scripture says this, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. There's in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades or porches, have a great number of disabled people, or here a great number of disabled people used to lie, which were blind, lame, and paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is 
stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. This is is one of the most intriguing passages of scripture and happenings in all the whole Bible as as far as I'm concerned. Because it paints a picture of where many, many people are even today concerning needs they have and the frustration they feel because they can't seem to get their turn in the pool, as it were. Tradition tells us that what this man was referencing was that every so often, evidently, an angel stirred the water of this pool in Bethesda. And the first person that got into the water received the healing of the miracle that they needed. And he, being invalid, couldn't ever get into the pool fast enough. He'd been there 38 years trying, but had never been able to. Couldn't get somebody to help him. You know, it almost was like somebody needed to just be holding him. And as soon as the water was stilled, or stirred, just need to toss him in, and it just never happened. So maybe, you know, here's my thinking. Maybe 2020 for many of us has been one long wait at the pool. If we were honest today, many of us would admit that there have been times, and this year has been one of those times, that we felt like in a lot of ways we've been overlooked or maybe even ignored by God concerning our specific need or situation. And we want to know, when is it my time? When is the water going to be troubled and I'm going to be healed or delivered or restored or provided for? When is it going to be my time? (laughs) Just ask yourself today, when is it going to be my time? Because I know you have. Well, Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda where there were lots of sick people lying, waiting for the angel to stir the water so that someone could get what they were in need of. And folks, I can tell you that if you're ready and you're sensitive to the presence and the moving of God, it very well could be your time because the Holy Spirit is moving and God is ready to make it your time. We got to be ready for our opportunity. We've got to be looking for it. This man who scholars agree probably had cerebral palsy, which is a disorder that keeps the brain from communicating with the rest of the body, which means that just because you will to do something, your body may not align with your will to do it. And this poor man was experienced, literally, he was experiencing a, a rebellion, a mutiny in his own body. When the angel troubled the water, his head told his body to get up, but instead of obeying, his body would fall down and he willed to walk, but instead he sat. He thought to move, but his body lay motionless. This man experienced, again, think about it, 38 years of frustration trying to get into the pool in time to receive his healing. Many of us, many of us have experienced the same kind of frustration only in other areas, maybe in our marriage, maybe in our our children and their lives, maybe in our jobs, maybe in our inability to mature in our relation with God, whatever. Whatever we feel like we're trapped in, a decision that the devil has made for us that we can't get out of, that's our our paralyzed place. Might even be with a habit, trying to get into the pool in time, trying to get into that place where we can get unparalyzed, we can get Get healed and, and better uh, in some way. We've tried, 
we've fallen flat on our face. And every time we make a move to get move in that direction, we get pushed back. Eventually, when you live with a constant frustration of failure and bondage or problems that seem impossible to overcome, you, you'll begin to tell yourself, well, maybe I wasn't meant to get help or maybe I wasn't meant to ever get up. You make a home out of what should have been a temporary situation. The pool of Bethesda becomes way too familiar territory. You decide, well, I guess things just aren't going to get any better for me, or I guess I'll just never be free. I guess I'll just accept the devil's decision for my poverty, my marriage, my sickness, my lost loved ones. I guess I'll just have to live with the way things are. No, 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 you don't. Not if you can see who's coming, and it's not an angel to stir the waters. Folks, it's Jesus, the Savior, the Healer, the Deliverer, the Provider, the Helper for all things. That's who is coming towards you, but you got to be looking for Him. you got to see Him coming. And if you can see Him coming and you can hear Him asking you what He asked that man beside the pool of Bethesda that day, do you want to be made well? Or in other words, do you want this to be your time? Then no matter if it's the right day or right place or even the right time, as per everybody else's opinion, this is your time. And you can move beyond whatever decision the devil's made for your life into the things that God has decided for you. On that Sunday morning, October 15th, 1972, it was my time. It was my time to meet God. It was my time for God to do a miracle in my life that would give me the hope of eternal life. It was my time to know God in a way that I'd never known him before and received the greatest miracle of all, which is the miracle of salvation. It was my time to start a journey that has now progressed through 48 years and I can assure you, will continue to grow and progress until I step into heaven, into his presence for all eternity. I'm not backing up now. I've come too far, and I'm going on. I'm going on with Jesus, as the old song says. Let me tell you something. We can move beyond whatever decision the devil has made for our life into the things that God has decided for our lives. I can guarantee you the devil had a completely different plan for me on that Sunday morning when I walked down that aisle and I poured my heart out to God and I said, I need you, Lord. I want a relationship with you. The devil, uh, I will tell you, hasn't quit fighting and doing his best to change the decision I made on that Sunday morning as a 14-year-old kid that didn't even know what he was doing at the time, but has found out that that was the best decision that I could have ever made and it was all a part of God's plan and his will for my life. You know, wholeness, well-being, freedom, maturity, a saved household, a strong marriage, loving relationships, all these things are things that God wants us to have. And we've got to to begin to push our way into these things. We've got to to quit laying by the pool of Bethesda, and we've got to to see the Savior coming, not to stir the waters, but to stir our hearts and to create the miracle in us that He wants for us. Because folks, like it or not, the devil's time has passed and now it is our time. You say, well, boy, based on everything we've lived through this year and, and things that we've dealt with and things that we've had to put up with, it sure doesn't seem like our time. Well, tell you what, 2020 is about to be over. Just a couple, three more short months here and we'll be done with 2020. 
2020. I've got to believe, and you need to believe, that 2021 is going to be our time. It's going to be God's time in His church to, to raise us up and to, to for us to experience greater miracles and, and revival and, you know, manifestations of His presence than we have seen in a long, long time. Church, Christian, it's our time. I told this story, and I won't give you the long version today, but when we first starting out in ministry, we passed our little church in Mead, Kansas, and there was a gentleman in our church named was Junior Sawyers, and Junior had had, uh, as a younger man, and I say younger, I don't know, he was probably 50 years old, maybe 48, 49, somewhere in there, massive heart attack, and he was disabled, was not able to work. And uh, on a Sunday morning after service, he came up and asked me if I'd pray for him, and I asked him why, and he said, you know, well, I I just feel like I need to be prayed for, for, you know, I had this massive heart attack, they said, I'll never work again, and i just like for you to pray for me. And so here I am, 22, 23-year-old pastor, uh, just getting started. I didn't know any better. And I just said, Lord, thank you for touching Junior's life, touch his heart, heal him, give him good health. In Jesus' name, amen. And a couple of days later, he received a letter from Kansas City, and they asked him to come in to go through some tests. They wanted to uh, make sure that he was uh, you know, still as sick as he was when the first uh, verdict came down that disabled him and gave him the ability to, to go on disability and receive uh, support. So he had to go to Kansas City. He went through a battery of tests. You know, he, he was one of the lead auto mechanics in all of Southwest Kansas. I'm going to, I'm giving you the long version. If you've heard it, I apologize. But man, this was the first great miracle I think I, I we saw uh, in the early part of our ministry. And it just goes back to the fact that for several years, it was not Junior Sawyer's time for whatever reason. He was frustrated because of what had happened to him. He was a tremendous mechanic and, and uh, you know, that whole area lost uh, a lot of uh, resource when he went down and couldn't work on cars because he knew about as much about cars and how to fix them when nobody else could as anybody. And so when he had this major heart attack, he couldn't do that. He couldn't do any kind of work like that anymore. But he went to Kansas City, had the test, came back, testified the next Sunday, said, I need to give a testimony. And I said, sure, go ahead. He said, I got some good news and bad news. He said, the, the good news is, he said, uh, I went and had these tests and uh, everybody knew uh, that I'd had this major heart attack that almost killed me. And uh, he said, the doctors tell me, according to the x-rays and everything they did, they don't understand it. They put the the two x-rays from a few years ago, compared them with the, the ones they've just taken. And they said, my heart is now presently stronger and in better shape than it was maybe when I was 30 years old. And boy, of course, everybody's just like, that's awesome. You know, it, it was it was Junior Sawyer's time to receive the healing that, that God had for him and that he needed. Uh, and somebody said, well, what's the bad news? He said, I got to go get a job. He said, they're going to take away my disability, so I'm going to get a job. And I just came to me at the time. I said, well, Junior, if God can heal you, I said, he can provide you with a job. And by the end of the week, I think there were like five, six, seven different auto mechanic places in that area that all wanted to hire him. And all he had to do was choose which one he wanted to go work for, for the for the, for the least amount of time and the most amount of money. And uh, God healed him. It was his time. I have no other explanation because it sure wasn't my prayer. It was just simple prayer. Lord, touch Junior Sawyer's, uh, bring healing into his body. Thank you. Amen. And so 
A lot of times we can work ourselves into a frenzy trying to get God's will to happen on our time. But folks, this is all on his time. God knows when it's our time. And for that man, that day, Jesus came by. It was his time. Folks, I believe we're fixing to see one of the greatest moves of God that we've ever seen. I don't know if it's the move of God that will lead us literally into the second coming of the Lord, and it could. But here's my thought today. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what's good and bad in your life. But I know this. You and I have a Savior. We have a God who, if we'll turn to Him, can make it our time concerning any of these things that we're dealing with and facing, and He can turn the situation around. He can bring help Uh, He can bring hope. He can bring healing. He can bring salvation. He can bring into our lives, into our relationships, into our situations, what we need Him to, if we'll just look for Him to be that which He said He would be, and that is all things, all things that we need need him to be. So let me challenge you and let me encourage you. If you're going through a tough time right now, if you're dealing with something that you just don't know what to do about or what to do with, look for the one who's asking you, what do you want me to do? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be delivered? Do you want to be set free? Because I can sure do it. Trust me, I've seen God. I've experienced God enough over the last 40 years. I can tell you whatever it is, he can do it. Well, that's my thought for today. Well, I'll tell you what, I I sure appreciate you listening in week after week and sending me different uh, texts and and posts that let me know that the the, uh, podcasts have been a blessing to you. Take the time and share them with someone else. Encourage somebody else to join us. We'd love to have them as a part of our membership. Well, I love you. I appreciate you. And uh, I hope things this next week will just be a great blessing for you, your family, and those you love. Till next week, thanks for being with me. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Just a Thought with your host, Mark Short. If you have any questions, comments, or have any prayer requests that Mark can pray over, please email him justathoughtmark at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe and catch new episodes each and every week.